You're listening to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and parents around the world. Today on the podcast, we are talking about how True Botanicals founder Hillary Peterson is calmly disrupting the beauty industry. Do you ever see those female entrepreneurs featured in Forbes or on websites? And they look so calm and healthy and glowy, and yet they're somehow building an empire and their children still love them. Like, how do they do it, right? So... When Hillary Peterson so kindly sat across from me, I knew this was my chance to ask her, well, how can I connect with my kids and grow a business at the same time and stay well? Well, so this award-winning True Botanicals founder and mother of three had a heart-to-heart with me about raising a family while nurturing ambitions and She also shared why we need to educate ourselves about what lurks in our skincare. We commiserate about how our major health crises both led to meditation retreats. You know, the lessons that we learn again and again that we are enough, that we are worthy. We confess to some guilt-ridden working mom habits. And... I agree that I will take the 30-something rite of passage and finally try a face oil. Okay, now I'm going to get fancy for a minute, and I'm going to read to you Hillary's official bio. (coughs) (laughs) Hillary Peterson is the founder of True Botanicals, a transformative skincare line born from the desire to develop pure, potent, and proven products that are good for people and the planet. Hillary has awakened to the beauty industry's lack of ingredient regulation as a result of a thyroid cancer diagnosis she received at age 32 shortly after having twins. Understanding what goes on your skin goes into your body, Hillary channeled her personal experience and newfound mission into research. She spent eight years studying botanicals and their healing powers and consulting with the world's leading green chemists and sustainability experts. The results of these impassionate efforts is True Botanicals, which Hillary formally founded in 2014. Its rule-breaking approach to personal care and ability to bring together superior results and safety without sacrificing efficacy has earned the brand multiple awards, including Allure Best of Beauty, Into the Gloss Top 25, and the L Genius Award. Along with a bevy of celebrity fans and a deeply devoted customer base, including brand activists Zazie Beetz, Olivia Wilde, and Laura Dern. I will be right back with Hillary Peterson. Hillary, thank you for coming on Atomic Moms. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ellie. When I received an email in November, December about potentially having the opportunity to speak with you, I was at my desk and I made a vision board last year with my girlfriends. <laughs> And uh, on the vision board is Laura Dern. And it, I looked over at it, and it was like she was staring me down. She was like, I dare you not 
to take this interview. Do you want to see my vision board? That's incredible. Yes, I want to see your vision board, please. I, By the way, I make vision boards too. <laughs> I thought you might. That's why I was willing to share it and totally dork out. But see, she's just looking off at the distance. It's such with, a beautiful with photograph. Glass of wine. Yeah. I love it. Um, what does that image mean to you, that image of her? <sighs> there is a stillness to it and a grounding. She's looking off probably at a sunset. From what I can tell, by the way, the light is reflecting off of her. She seems strong and settled in herself. Yeah, I think that's abs- that has been 100% my experience of her. She's just such an authentic woman who's come into her strength and power and confidence. And it's so interesting. Just recently, somebody... Um, pulled apart what the word confidence means for me, Mm. with yourself. And she's very with herself. She's she's on Laura's side in a really beautiful way. And I feel that it's really contagious, actually, being around her. She's so loving and warm and confident just to be who she is. It's very cool. Speaking of being with yourself, I've learned as a parent to be an advocate for my children I'd love to say that it came naturally. I would love to say like, oh, of course, always. But it it didn't. It took a moment for me to realize, like, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm on my child's team. No matter what's happening or no matter how she's behaving, I'm on her team. Yes. Not necessarily the strangers. And I, and I think that's probably just the way that a lot of us were conditioned to be more concerned about other people and appearances. Exactly. Um, but then... I started tripping up because then I had to realize that to be an advocate for my children, I have to also be an advocate for myself. And so that's, yeah, that's probably why I got that glue stick and slapped her on my board (laughs) 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 to learn to be with myself. Yeah. And she's so out there and fearless and wild, Laura Dern. And when I was growing up, people would often say that I looked like her. I went to performing in visual arts high school. So, of course, everyone was always saying, like, what famous person you looked like. Right. And uh, I always got Laura Dern. And maybe it was just because she played Ellie in Jurassic Park. (laughs) I could totally see it, actually. I can completely see the comparison. So in this conversation today, I want to ask you about being an entrepreneur, especially while raising a family. I want to talk to you about what lights you up as a human, like not just with your kids or with your spouse or at the office, but separate from all of that, Mm -hmm. just as a human being. But first, I want to get a little primer on the current state of our skincare industry, because as I shared in the bio, you spent eight years studying it before you even started True Botanicals. Where are we now in 2020 in terms of the state of the skincare industry? Well, I think on the plus side, change is happening very rapidly, which I find very encouraging. And at the same time, I think it's really important that people empower themselves with information because I think so many people are unaware of the fact that this industry is not serving them in the way that it should. You know, I I don't think many people understand the fact that we're being sold products and being told we should use them to look and feel beautiful And yet they're made with toxins. And that's just so crazy. 
um, you know, True Botanicals for me was really born out of an indignation. Mm. Um, once I understood that that was true. And our mission is to empower people with information and better choices and to really push for change that, you know, while it's starting to happen, I think needs to happen even faster than it is. So if you were talking to my mother, who <laughs> loves to be... I know all about this. Oh, my God. Hillary, the other day she called me. She's getting into self-care now, and she was painting. Actually, she did that painting right behind you. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah, she's so talented. Oh, she's, I could try for the rest of my life, and I don't think I could paint me neither, that. <laughs> me neither. She's really talented, but she's also a lawyer. So the lawyer side of her, would I want to ask you about. For the skeptics out there, what does it mean to have toxins in your skincare? Does that mean if you ingest it versus putting it on your skin? Like, can you give us the lowdown as to what we absorb? And I just want you to scare us all into the, you know, taking better care of ourselves, especially related to our hormones. Yes. Yes. And to me, that's at the heart of it. Actually, it's interesting that you bring up the hormones. So, you know, I think when I first had my children, and actually when I had our third child, I had twins first and then a single, otherwise my grammar would have really seemed off there. Um, when I had them, there was no awareness of the fact that what goes on your skin goes into your body. And then there was a study done called the cord blood study, and it showed that the chemicals being used in personal care products were being found in baby's cord blood. So there was undeniable proof that these chemicals were penetrating through the skin into the bloodstream and reaching baby's cord blood. And so that's the first thing I always tell people. If you don't believe what goes on your skin goes into your body, then read that study. And in terms of what these endocrine disrupting chemicals, which really can impact your hormones, um, in terms of what they're capable of doing, I just spent the day actually with the head of green chemistry at Carnegie Mellon University, who's one of our advisors and one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. And we talked a lot about reducing sperm counts worldwide. And we talked about the fact that the fish are changing sex in the Philadelphia River because of all the estrogenic chemicals that they're being exposed to. So there's a predominance of female fish now versus, you know, a more equal balance of male and female. So if these chemicals can change the sex of a fish whose DNA actually fairly closely mirrors ours, we do, the chemistry group does a lot of testing called typed testing on the fish to see which chemicals are impacting them the most so that they can sort of prioritize what the biggest issues are. And they have an impact. These chemicals have an impact. And so, I mean, for me personally, you know, for instance, what's the impact of these chemicals on a baby in utero? Well, of course, we'll never find that out because who's going to test on babies? Nobody. So the way that I always look at it is why increase your toxic load if you don't need to? And if you can purchase products that work better than products made with toxins, then why not use those? And I think that's the way we can change this industry versus back to your mom, for instance. You know, I would say to her, try try clean products. It's just like eating a gorgeous organic heirloom tomato. It just tastes better. But it's also because it's organic, it's having a much more positive impact on the farmers who are farming the tomatoes and then you when you eat them. So, you know, it's just like that. I feel like all of these conscious choices are nourishing us, nourishing the planet, and there's no downside. Okay. So 
the critical voice in my head. I have like 12 of them. But one of them would say, the downside is cost. So I, I'm, you know, Hillary, we're friends here already. <laughs> 100%. No, and I like this. I mean, it's I so want, important to have the real let's, discussion. Let's talk cost. Yes. Because for a luxury brand, you know, you are aware of cost and yes. you are, and that's why you're doing direct to consumer. And now I'm starting to sound like an infomercial. Well, uh, no, I appreciate, but let's go back to the clinic. I think it's really good. I think it's such an important question because, you know, if I could do anything, it would be to make our products accessible to all people. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, I've chosen to focus on a segment of the market where we know we can use incredibly beautiful and potent ingredients to deliver results. And so this is our way of changing the industry. And so when people say to me, well, what about me? I will say, okay, versus going to a department store or versus going to, you know, a big chain pharmacy and buying something that potentially, not all, but many of those products are made with toxins, I would highly recommend using organic jojoba oil for a moisturizer, for instance. You know, in that instance, I think it's about going back to basics and simplifying your life and your routine. And then, you know, if you need a therapeutic potent product for an issue you're having with your skin, then buy one of our products. So that's my answer because it's unfortunately not inexpensive to accomplish what we are. And you're right. We do everything we can to make our costs um, as accessible, our prices as as accessible as possible, but we can only do so much. Mm -hmm. Because it's safety first. Yes. Safety and results. It's interesting. We never compromise on safety and we wouldn't launch a product that doesn't deliver results because then I feel like, why would we want somebody to spend money on that? And your products are all made safe certified. Yes. Tell me what that means. So that was extremely important to me because I feel as business owner, you know, you're faced with choices all the time. And I really wanted this to be black and white. In the end, it wasn't particularly important to me that we got a certification that people could relate to, but rather that we came up with a certification that we'd be, we be, this is a third party certification, that we identified a certification that would help us determine whether or not our products are truly safe for people and the planet. That's what matters to me. And so the scientist that I mentioned earlier actually connected me with Made Safe because he's one of the scientists advising their work. And their certification is so little about what it looks like and everything about what it is. So it's not about the ingredients that you have on your label only, but what about all of the sub-ingredients where a lot of toxins are hidden? Ooh, tell me about sub-ingredients. Oh, sub-ingredients. that we don't see on our bottles? So, so, so many sub-ingredients. Yes. What? So each ingredient that's water-based is preserved in some way. And so that's a sub-ingredient. And so those preservatives almost never show up on labels of natural products, non-natural products. And that made safe is looking at all of that. How is the ingredient processed? How is it farmed? Um, they're looking very carefully at the impact of each ingredient on people on the planet. And the other thing they're looking at that I think is extremely important is bioaccumulation. So what happens when it washes off mm -hmm. in terms of water, earth, and having just been on a trip where we saw some incredibly beautiful but dying coral reefs, you realize this is important. And back to my story about the fish in the Philadelphia River. Yeah. It all matters. I'm not going to be able to shake off the fish. 
I know. <laughs> it's really me neither. I heard that three years ago and I brought it up again with him and I said, can you please explain to me again? And he said, yes, this is what's happening. <sighs> okay. Well, you share in an interview with The Cut. I love reading thecut.com. Me too. You share a Joseph Campbell quote that I love. I'm going to read it now. It's, we must be willing to let go of the life we had planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. So I'd like to go back to the beginning, like rewind before True Botanicals, before the twins, <laughs> uh, before you found your partner. What was the life you had planned? The life I had planned was in some way going to involve service and entrepreneurship. I think that was sort of the general gist of it. I th was thinking about international trade and connecting people because I speak two languages, French and Spanish. So I thought, okay, maybe it'll involve that or I love travel. So I thought maybe it would involve, you know, some kind of international. I looked at um, nonprofits like the Ford Foundation. So there were just a lot of different ideas bubbling around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I heard in another interview you did that your father was also an entrepreneur. Do you have any stories you can share about how that impacted you? Yeah, I think it was so amazing because actually, and I didn't, I haven't shared this very much because I didn't really think about it so deeply until recently. My father was an entrepreneur. Both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs and all three of my sisters are entrepreneurs. So I'm surrounded. Do you think there's a family gene? Because my father is, my grandparents were, yes. all his siblings, you know, it's really, it's in the water. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think the family gene is? Blind faith. I yes. think it's just that they had an idea and they did it. Mm -hmm. And I have an idea and why wouldn't I do it? Mm -hmm. I kind of think that's what it was for me. Because in each instance, it's really turned out, it's not always easy, as you know, um, but it has it has turned out to be a choice that everybody's very happy about. Mm. And so I just had that confidence. And I remember a few times thinking, what am I doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and you just keep going. It's like going on a hike, one foot in front of the other. I remember reading the Steve Jobs biography mm. and thinking so much of that related to my father, mostly as a kid watching him do things that people would say, you're crazy. Like, you can't do that. And the way that my dad would, yeah, how he would relate to reality was so distorted in the way that it is for Steve Jobs. And he it would work. And so this idea, it is very helpful to like grow up seeing someone else break through those barriers. Yes. And it, that's so well said and not give up. I think the mm -hmm. dinner table conversations were so often about a really exciting breakthrough or a devastating mm -hmm. setback. And the setbacks, you know, I could just see, I could tell when my dad was dealing with a setback. And, you know, he'd end up talking through it. And I think it it has given me that faith. And, you know, this has a lot to do with parenting too, right? That you just keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, the faith that things aren't always going to be easy. Yeah. And speaking of things not always being easy, we both had a health crisis that set us on a totally different trajectory. As we mentioned, you had thyroid cancer diagnosis. I had a massive bone dissolving one in a million tumor in my femur. 
So in addition to our genetics and what we put in our bodies, what's absorbed through our skin, as you were sharing, you know, stress is such a huge factor in our health. And I'm thinking about my dad, those hard times. Yes, me too. In high school. And just his, I mean, I can still hear his pacing, his like barefoot pacing. <laughs> He's 6'4". He was always like, it was always really loud. <laughs> just listening to him pace and that stress. And since you and I share that wake-up call for our health, how do you run an award-winning business that improves the wellness of your community while also like not stressing the F out. It's, <laughs> it is a constant battle. I think it's just, I need to constantly remind myself and check in. And I have great girlfriends and an amazing husband and they're always checking in too. Like, hmm, doesn't seem like you've had so much time to yourself lately. Hmm, you're traveling a lot. Because I did make myself a promise when I started the business. No success is worth sacrificing health. And so, and I don't want to model that for my children either. Yeah. You know, I say it to them all the time because big surprise, I've raised three very hardworking children. You know, they watched my husband and I work so hard all the way through their childhoods. And I'm always the one saying, take a vacation. You know, you're young, enjoy it. So yeah, it's just a constant push and pull of pausing when I need to. Um, I think it's really important to do things like my husband and I go for hikes a lot. We really love to road ride or mountain bike together. I meditate. I'm really into baths at the end of the day. And I just feel like if I take time for those things, it helps me to reprioritize my perspective around work in a way that helps me to see each moment as just that versus something bigger than mm -hmm. just a moment in time. What type of meditation do you do? I have tried a lot of different kinds. I imagine. And You're like a researcher. <laughs> I am a researcher. I'm a seeker. It's hilarious. Yeah. I'm just always... Seekers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cut so, that out. I can't believe I just go, yeah, we're seekers. <laughs> we're so, no, but I feel <laughs> that way. I know. It feels weird to say I'm no, a seeker, I mean, too. I just showed you my vision board. I'm going there, people. See, my poor mother. <laughs> like, what happened to my kid? <laughs> she moved to California. I knew that would be the end of her. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I grew up here, so everybody know, expects right? it, right? Yeah. Love it. Um, okay. Yes. So the type of meditation that has resonated the most for me is Vipassana. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it so closely mirrors what I'm trying to do with my life, which is just to be a lot more accepting. And Vipassana is about accepting mm -hmm. thoughts, mm -hmm. seeing them, letting them float away when they want to. That works so well for me. And it's interesting because someone said to me one time, well, based on your personality, I really think that you should try something more strict where you're not supposed to have any thoughts. I was like, okay, I'll try that. I tried it. And I just didn't like it because it felt like such, like I was faking mm -hmm. because not having any thoughts is pretty hard to pull off. The more I've practiced Vipassana, I've certainly had many moments without thoughts, mm -hmm. but it takes a long time to get there. And they don't always last that long. And I realized even if I don't get there, processing through my thoughts is so helpful. Mm -hmm. I did a seven-day med silent meditation retreat at Spirit Rock oh, up near you. And I love that place. That's I've done a lot of retreats there, and I love it. I wish. I'm just like, I'm not 
you know, I'm not wishing away my future with my children, but it'll be a special day when the kids are off and I get to go back there for another week-long retreat. I'm impressed you did a week. That's incredible. So a week silent was your first retreat? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's go kind of, for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the all or nothing thing I really I want to ask you about now because I am someone that it happened after my tumor. Mm-hmm. And I, I did mine it. after my thyroid cancer. Yeah. Yes. Same thing. I needed to learn how to be with myself mm-hmm. and know that even when I wasn't doing to recognize that I was enough. And I figured that if I did seven days, that that would be, yeah, I'd rather be forced into it. I don't like slowly warming into things. <laughs> I'm I'm going to make the most embarrassing confession. I definitely like slowly warming into things. So the first time I went on one of those retreats, I went for three days. Mm-hmm. And I brought a book. You weren't supposed to read or do anything. I did not touch my phone. I'm happy to say. I'm impressed with that. No phone. But I did read at night just to sort of relax and fall asleep. Yeah. Because it was a lot. But then the next retreats I've done, I've never brought a book. I I am happy to say. But it's (laughs) funny. I think I'm I'm not as brave as you are. That's very brave. Seven days is so brave and incredibly. How was it? Well, I was young and stupid. I was really glad. But I think I also... You know, there were a lot of moments where I was like, God, why am I writing a novel right now in my head? You know, you start entertaining yourself <laughs> with your thoughts when you're, you're not, you know, and then you try to bring yourself back to the present. It was really incredible to strip away who I thought I was. It, I didn't realize that they're, especially coming from Los Angeles and from being an actor and being so used to people asking, well, what do you do and what have I seen you in? To not, to be able to sit at a table with other people and eat and not have to put a label on myself was so freeing. And I also realized that I say I'm sorry all the time mm-hmm. because someone would open the door and I'd walk out and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm, don't talk. But I'd have that compulsion to apologize. Back to that being enough. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think this is truly my biggest discovery and one that as a parent, I'm just really hoping I can say it in enough ways and more important than saying, show it, that, you know, my kids are enough just as they are. And I think I'm finally truly believing that about myself. And it's been quite a journey because I I really feel that very similar to what you intimated, you know, my perspective was, you know, worth was associated with accomplishment mm-hmm. versus oh, it's just so being here. It's so hardwired. That's why I love reading Tara Brock. Incredible. She's amazing. Uh, Everyone, go find her podcast. (laughs) Stop listening to mine after this episode. Go find Tara Brock. Um, As I just mentioned, I have a very all-or-nothing approach to life, which is difficult with children. So I would really love some career advice. And to bring listeners up to speed, you worked at Levi's. You had your twins. You had your thyroid cancer diagnosis. Then you quit working. At what stage did you start working again, this time in the skincare industry? And how did you take baby steps? And how did you figure out how to calibrate based on your family's needs, when to go hard and when to pull back? I think... 
I think I was so afraid of overdoing it, having just come off of the thyroid cancer, that I, I was very wary to go slow. So I started with a very small local business in Berkeley, and she and I worked together. And I did that for a very long time, working part-time. And I learned a lot about the industry, which was great. And being able to work part-time made it possible for me to take my kids to school, pick them up, and then I could do my work while they were doing their homework. And those were needs that I had at that time. And it, it was really great to be able to honor them. And then it just sort of took on a life of its own over time. And I would say that the most intense work period of my life actually has has begun, it began right at the time that my youngest daughter went to college. And so, you know, I was working very hard all the time that she was in high school, actually. It was very busy, but she was working very hard, too. So we sort of had this camaraderie where we could sit and work together. And my office was literally in between her school and our home. So I was able to choose where it was, and then she would stop by and see me. And if she'd had a hard day, we'd go for a walk. And so, you know, if she'd had a great day, we'd chat for a while. So it it, it just made it possible to do it in, in a very gradual way, which was lucky for me because um, that's what I needed. You know, I, I think I would have really struggled if I had needed to put my work ahead of my kids during that time because it's very clear to me. It was then, but it's even more clear to me now that those years are so incredibly precious. You know, and all the interactions that we have float through my mind on a regular basis. And, you know, I just the other day I was in the market and I saw this dad and his daughter shopping for food, right? It's not like a huge thing. And it was so sweet. She was very enthusiastically saying, I'm going to go get this thing. <laughs> and I got in the car and I called my daughter kind of teary. And I said, I saw these people in the market and this is what the girl did. And it really made me miss you. And it's so sweet because she loved that as much as I did. You know, we loved going to the market and cooking together. Each kid, it was something different. But with her, she's the youngest. That was something we really loved to do together. And I'm just so glad we got to. Were there any ways that you would reset when you came home? Like if you're at work, were there ways that you would clear your mind so that when you're with your children, you didn't have the pressures of work on you? Because this is something I'm personally struggling with right now. <laughs> I'm just like, laughing. Even with your publicist, I'm like... Eh trying to like write the email out while I've got the two kids listening to a meditation <laughs> to try to get them to fall asleep. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to get back to Hillary's people. Like how, why are you laughing though? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> laughing because I was thinking, okay, I'm so happy I got to share that story about the market because that's like the sweet, precious, happy time. And I wasn't on the phone in the market. And then you brought up, I literally was thinking about it. I was thinking, okay, so what are the ways I feel that I could have done a better job. Mm. And definitely, if you were to ask my kids what frustrated them the most about having a working mom, it would be me on the phone when they were talking to me. And it was it was almost like magnetic. They wouldn't be talking to me. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I would get on the phone, they wanted to talk. 
And so I, I know, I know that could have been better. I mean, the good news is I, I feel like they have an amazing relationship with each other and we're all really close. So it wasn't a disaster. But if I were to do it over again, I would put my phone away more than I did for sure. And my husband, you know, I feel like there are times even now where I'll realize we'll be going out to dinner and I'll think, I just need to leave my phone at home mm. and I can look when I get back and see what's mm. happening. But it's it's kind of addictive. You get going mm. and you're getting stuff done. And <laughs> I I have a hard time turning it off sometimes. I yeah. really do because it's a momentum like a wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd say that's a growth area for me still. What do you, these are totally going off book here, but what do you do in the morning when you wake up? Because I check my phone and it's awful and I've shared on the podcast, but this is just too horrendous not to share again, that my daughter did a drawing of me asleep with my phone <laughs> because <laughs> actually... I check my phone and she comes in and I pretend like I'm asleep. <laughs> so she just thinks I sleep with it <laughs> because funny. it's too early for me to actually parent. <laughs> so that's why I'm pretending to be asleep again. What do you do in the morning? When hilarious. do you first check your emails? I used to have my phone upstairs and I now have my charger downstairs. So... I was talking with somebody about having the charger in your room, and some people think, well, that's, you know, more energetic stuff happening in your room, which, you know, my sweet husband rolls his eyes and says, you've got to be kidding me. But I've just decided I like to have my computer and my phone downstairs. So it means I'm going to need to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like to drink a glass of lemon water every morning. Sometimes I add apple cider vinegar for a little initial cleanse to start the day. I would love to tell you I wake up and meditate for 20 minutes, and that is my true aspiration, but it's not what I do. I I wake up, and I eventually make it downstairs, and I have a delicious cup of coffee, and I Mm -hmm. check my email. It works for you. It works. And since I'm ready to do it, it feels Mm -hmm. like a good time to do it. I'm much more alert in the morning. I'm such a morning person. I am so, not, but I'm also not a night person, so I've got to figure this out. You're a midday person. I think I am a midday person. Um, so I wanted, speaking of morning people, Olivia Wilde, I can say firsthand as a fellow mom in Los Angeles last year, I would see her at birthday parties, no makeup on. And oh my God, she's the perfect advocate for True Botanicals because I would just like try to you know, you pretend like the person's not famous. I know. <laughs> I don't see you, famous person. I don't see you, famous person. This is totally normal. It's <laughs> me at like every birthday party. But her skin is so beautiful. And she's also seems so smart. She's so talented as an actress and also as a director. I was so impressed by her movie, Book Smart. Wasn't it incredible? It so great. She's How so did smart. you connect with her? Were you like, I mean, she's like the perfect. She would be my vision board person of like who you would want to have advocating for such an authentic brand. She would definitely be my vision board person too, which is so exciting. It's amazing how it worked out. It was it was right around the time that she had Daisy and she was using our products 
and um, thinking about, she really cares a lot about conscious commerce. And so she was thinking about, you know, how she might partner with a brand to help support more conscious companies. And she loves skincare. And so she was sort of pondering that. And meanwhile, we were thinking about how do we reach more consumers and how do we ignite what we know should be a movement around empowering people to choose better products. And so we just, it was right place, right time. And she really connected with the heart. She's she's such an intuitive person. And she, I asked her actually about a year ago because she was looking, you know, there were several products she really liked. And so, you know, as we were talking it through, she said, ultimately, I just really connected with the heart of your your mission. And, you know, I really felt that this was coming from a deep place inside of you. And it's really great because I think likewise, this is very authentic to who she is mm-hmm. and what she cares about. Mm-hmm. And her skin is insane. It's insane. Yeah. She she very openly shares that she struggled with acne, you know, all the makeup that they need to wear. And it was just so exciting that through our partnership and through, you know, troubleshooting along the way, we were really also able to help her, you know, have her skin feel as clear and fabulous as possible all the time, which is very rewarding. Can you share with us what the face soil is? Yes. Why it's a big deal, uh, you know, as a former, you know, Accutane user, the word oil always makes me nervous. I know. It's so interesting because what I would consider to be the single most important product I would recommend to people conjures up a lot of concerns for many, many people. And by the way, I'm not a former Accutane user, but I am someone who struggled with acne all the way through um, high school, college, post-college. And, you know, I learned so much from that. And obviously, that was one issue I really wanted to solve because my mom was breaking out in her 60s. So the fact that I'm not breaking out at all right now is really all about the products. And so, you know, oils, people imagine them resting on your skin like a big oil slick. But actually, our skin (laughs) is made up of oils. And so it's just giving back to the skin what it loses over time. We lose 1% to 3% of the natural oils in our skin every year. And so if you use highly nutritive, very lightweight, we use very lightweight oils that absorb beautifully into the skin, um, then you're you're providing it with the nourishment that's going to allow it to function at its best. And overall, our philosophy is about balancing the ecosystem of your skin. And so if your barrier, your skin barrier is functioning in the way it's meant to, then it's going to be able to keep moisture in and pollutants out. And so these oils are the best thing for barrier function. And then what we did is we developed oils for different skin types, so normal and then blemish-prone and then highly inflamed rosacea-prone skin. And each is designed to help really balance skin. And I always tell people, I know you're thinking oil is going to be a greasy experience, but just try it. And I actually, if I put a lotion on my face now, I feel like my skin is being suffocated Mm. because my skin feels like it's breathing all the time because I don't use any products with wax. And so the oils are actually the opposite of being suffocating like that. They make your skin feel very naked and fresh and the way it's really meant to be naturally. So your kids in their 20s, do they use True Botanicals? They do, all three of them. And are you just the coolest mom when you show up in Brooklyn at your daughter's apartment? 
it's I feel really, like it would be such a big deal. It's really shocking to me. But yes, it's so interesting because people will say to their friends, you know, just in passing, oh, yeah, my mom has a skincare company. What is it? True Botanicals. True Botanicals. And I'm still so shocked that, you know, people have heard of it. I'm still adjusting to that. And so it's so funny when their friends will reach out and say, oh, your mom's such a badass. And I don't know. No, and that it started in 2014. Can we just take a minute there? Like that's, the growth is mind-blowing. It's really exciting. How do you, this is like, like, I'm such a fake hippie. I'm like, yeah, I went to a meditation retreat. And then I'm like, how do you stay on top? (laughs) (laughs) That's that achiever in me still. (laughs) Well, the entrepreneurs, we can't stop thinking about that, right? That's true. Good point. I'll learn to accept it. (laughs) We can integrate it all. (laughs) The more you do all the legwork to educate us, these other companies are going to have to start wising up. A hundred percent. And Which the is change good, is wonderful. It's exactly yeah. what we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. You know, the change is happening. I just found out that a very large company is going to um, announce the Made Safe certification for their products. It'll be the largest company that's done that. And I'm so excited about that. You know, when people say, well, in the end, what do you think your biggest accomplishment will have been? I think it might be helping to support awareness around Made Safe and what they're doing, um, because that could really change things. So, you know, I'm happy more companies will be flooding the market Mm -hmm. because I do believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think as long as we do our job well, we'll continue to be in a great place. Yes. Um, So, you know, I think it's all about nurturing and building our community, taking care of the people who love our products and you know, continuing to collaborate with amazing women like Olivia and Laura and Zassi who have a genuine passion for what we're doing and who have incredible reach. Yeah. You know, that helps a lot. And then, you know, there's this sort of effect, like the exponential Mm -hmm. effect of who they reach and then who they Mm -hmm. reach. And, you know, it's in the end, it's all about our customers. And, you know, I, I think it's just about nurturing the growth in a way that, is supportive of other companies succeeding in this, yeah. in this, you know, amazingly fast shifting mm-hmm. industry. You are, I mean, it is fast moving, but you're also shifting in really exciting ways. You have your store in San Francisco, you're doing pop-ups and your blog that you guys just launched. I love, I was reading about breathing last night. I was like, I got to start I got to start breathing more. (laughs) I feel like over the years, I'm going to look back on this conversation with you and be like, oh my God, I can't believe Hillary was sitting across from me because I sense that True Botanicals is going to start touching my life in different ways. And that's really exciting. That's, That's really wonderful to hear. You know, from our perspective, we're just looking for all of the different ways that we can support and nurture our community. And so we started with this online business, and now we're thinking about, okay, how can we meet people where they are in person with the content? You know, it's clear they care about wellness, and so how can we support them in that journey? But we're trying to stay as focused as possible because in the end, we want people to know that first and foremost, we're about helping them look and feel their best without toxins. In closing, I asked for a quote that you love. Uh, When we started this podcast in 2014, we would 
call it the mom bomb. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I'll own it. Whatever. Anyway, hashtag mom bomb. <laughs> so, but it's a quote that you hold dear. It's from the last line of a Mary Oliver poem titled The Summer Day. And it is, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I feel like it's easy to forget in the midst of all that we're trying to do every day that we are living every day our one wild and precious life. And we don't know how long we will have that privilege. And when I see that quote, I'm just reminded, you know, today is so precious. And how do I want to spend it? You know, what are my true priorities in my life? And am I giving them enough time? Um, So I just love that quote, because it reminds me of that. And Inevitably, I'll pick up the phone and check in with one of my kids or, you know, go for a hike with my husband or, you know, make sure I'm really listening to employees in a way that's um, nourishing their dreams. So I think there's a lot of different ways I can do that. But I think in the end, it's, you know, being there for myself and, and being there for the people that I care about. And yeah, I just am so grateful that she existed and could mm-hmm. capture in words you know, the essence of the most important things in life. Well, thank you for choosing to spend your time with us today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Listeners, you can find out more about Hillary Peterson in our show notes. Go to atomicmoms.com. While you're there, subscribe for our newsletter because I have a feeling in March I'm going to have to take a little hiatus because my kids are going to have a month off of school. So sign up for our newsletter and that way you'll know when I have a new episode up. We also do have a very exciting episode next week with Dr. Kara Natterson. We are talking about her new book, Decoding Boys. We'll be talking about adolescence for boys and girls and yeah, all the puberty stuff. We go deep. So you won't want to miss that episode. Go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness. Rock on, Atomic Moms.